Hello and welcome to Cosmos Science Daily, where journalists at the Cosmos Newsroom report on the latest research and discoveries and explain the science behind the headline news. Today's newsroom journalist and chemistry whiz, Ellen Fidian, is talking about walkability of Australian cities with yours truly, Dr. Sophie Calabretto, applied mathematician, fluid mechanist, and almost full-time walker. Despite being frequently touted as livable, Australian cities' low density and walkability means they fail to meet health and sustainability thresholds, according to a new global body of research. What makes a healthy city and how does it link to sustainability? First things first, Ellen, does your environment affect your health? Yes, it absolutely does. And more so than you might think. Obviously, there are many things that go into your health, but the amount Mm -hmm. that you can exercise and the food that you eat are both two pretty big factors. And both of those have a lot of... Our environment decides a lot of those things. So, you know, we talk a lot about making good health choices, eating fresh food and getting exercise, all of those sorts of things. But the reality is people choose from the options that are available to them. So if you live in a place that doesn't have a lot of public transport, you have to drive everywhere. If you live a long distance from the nearest supermarket that sells fresh fruit and veg, it's harder to be healthy than someone who lives in a healthier area. So, yes, it has a huge impact. I mean, that fully checks out with my experience. Mm -hmm. So can we measure the healthiness of cities? Yeah, there are a variety of indicators that we can use. The World Health Organization has a range of things that they consider makes cities healthier and less healthy. The UN's um, Sustainability Development Goals does a similar thing as well. Six years ago, The Lancet, which is like a big medical journal, did this series, which they've just updated, looking at 25 cities around the world, looking at specific indicators in those cities that demonstrate how easy it is to be healthy. So basically indicators of public health. And they've just updated that. They've released a new version and you can find it. I really recommend you go and check it out at um, healthysustainablecities.org. So... This series of research, it tracks the health and the walkability indicators in these 25 cities, and it also tracks policies designed to improve all of those things. Um, There are two major Australian cities in it. There's Sydney and Adelaide, and they also included Melbourne. Okay, so you you have to tell me, as someone who's lived in both Adelaide and Sydney and someone who loves walking, how did our Australian cities score? Because I just feel like maybe on walkability, not great really bad. Yeah, you're correct. So um, the the thing that the Australian cities did really well, Adelaide, Sydney and Melbourne, was access to public open space. So sure. everybody's, you know, lots of parks available to everyone, yeah. uh, which is not the case in the rest of the world a lot of the time. But almost all of the other walkability indicators were really, really bad, were very dependent on cars. One of the things they looked at, for instance, was how many residents live within 500 metres of a public transport stop that serviced every 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. In each of the three cities, it was only about half of the residents. Right. So you compare that to places like Sao Paulo and Brazil, um, Hong Kong and Lisbon and Portugal, all of those were over 80 or 90% of residents wow. live close to public transport. In general, the 11 European cities in the study scored better than Australian cities on nearly every indicator. That is really interesting. 
And so what I want to know now is what do all these claims about the most livable city actually mean? So I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of people talking about Melbourne or Canberra or Adelaide being the world's most livable city a lot yes. of the time. Yeah, Constantly. Frequently, yeah. 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 So that claim generally comes from this thing called the Economist Intelligence Unit, which does this index of livability. I discovered that unit is actually designed, the reason they have it is to calculate bonuses for executives who are going to live in those cities. What? So if you're going to live in, say, Nairobi, you get paid this much extra, whereas if you're going to live in Melbourne, you don't get paid any extra because Melbourne's really easy to live in. But what that means is that they're calculated, they're assuming that you're an executive who is living in the city centre of that place. So I spoke to um, the the person who spearheaded all of this um, Lancet research, distinguished professor Billy Giles Corti. She's um, the director of the Healthy Livable Cities Lab at RMIT University. So she said basically the the Economist Intelligence Unit, the livability thing, is not telling you anything about the lived experience of the average person in that city. It's what a very rich person in the centre of that city would experience. That is actually that's crazy. I know, I've got no nice. I'm speechless. I'm yeah. clearly speechless. Yeah. Don't people want to live in the suburbs though? Like I've lived in city centers and I've lived in suburbs and I know what my preference is. Well, yeah, we assume that. And like to a certain extent, there's definitely a cultural element to owning a car in Australia, having a house with a yard, that yes. sort of thing. But the reason inner city apartments and tiny houses are so expensive is because lots of people want to live there. So people do understand that you're better off living in a city centre. Giles Cordai says that they've done surveys of other Australian cities, so Brisbane and Perth, showing that the majority of residents there really want to be closer to shops and services. They want to be able to walk to stuff, but they just don't have the option because they can't afford to. Yeah, now that you say that, I realise that all the most convenient places I've ever lived have been more in a city than suburb, even though I like the idea of living in the suburbs. Right now, I don't even live in the suburbs, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, (laughs) we worry so much about like physical space, but medium density from a health perspective is often a lot better for you. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Now, is there any way we can improve Australian cities' livability? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the point of this um, series, these 25 cities. They're trying to expand this to more cities as well. They're tracking policy to improve livability. So they're looking at what the cities are doing to try and improve walkability. So putting in streets, um, cycling infrastructure and public transport, all of those sorts of things they're looking at. There are things that local governments particularly, but bigger governments as well, can do to make cities healthier. At the moment, the three Australian cities aren't scoring great on any of these policy things, but they're all things that can be manipulated. We don't have to just, you know, knock down everyone's houses and start again. (laughs) And what about the other cities in the world? So this is the thing that the researchers say is really important. As cities urbanise, they're there are a lot of cities that are rapidly getting bigger, particularly mm-hmm. in the developing world, and they have real choices about whether or not, about how walkable and livable those cities are going to be. So they can follow the Australian and New Zealand and US model and become very car-centric, or they can follow the European model and become very pedestrian-centric. So this is something that the researchers are really putting a lot of emphasis on, that 
rapidly urbanising cities should be following models for walkability and health. And there's also a climate angle to this as well. Obviously, the more people who have cars, the more emissions that end up in the atmosphere as well. So um, environmentally better cities are also better for human health. Yeah, I love that. And I love that our mistakes can be used to actually inform other people to make better choices. So great. Thank you so much, Ellen. And thank you to everyone for listening. Be sure to keep an ear out for our next installment of Cosmos Science Daily. This podcast was brought to you by Cosmos, a publication of the Royal Institution of Australia. From Listener and Cosmos magazine comes Huh? Science Explained, a new weekly podcast answering all of life's questions, big and small, in just 10 minutes. Download the Listener app now and listen for free. Listener.